going down that dirt road. Welcome to Lake Placid, New York's Olympic Village. It's home of the 1932 and 1980 Winter Olympics. Welcome to the show. We are Lake Placid, brought to you by the Lake Placid News. I'm the editor, Andy Flynn, and we're celebrating all the people that make this one of the best places to live on Earth. If you're like me, you want to stay healthy. That's where Adronic Health comes in. Their medically integrated fitness center is open in Lake Placid. Get a public membership. It includes access to an expensive fitness floor with top-of-the-line cardio equipment, strength training equipment, a 25-yard lap pool. You can sign up for yoga, spin, or aquatic classes, or work with a private fitness coach. Maybe get medical programming designed just for you. Open Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 8 to 4. You can sign up at ahmedicalfitness.org or call 518-523-8521. Adirondack Health. Better health, better lives. It was a Thursday, October 24th. The Lake Placid News and the Adirondack Daily Enterprise hosted a Meet the North Elba Supervisor Candidates Editorial Board Meeting at the Enterprise Office in Saranac Lake. It was moderated by Enterprise Managing Editor Peter Crowley, and all four candidates were there. Fred Balzac, Derek Doty, Gary Kaltenbach, and Jay Rand. Here's the entire interview. Hi there, I'm Peter Crowley. I'm Managing Editor of the Adirondack Daily Enterprise, and the Enterprise and the Lake Placid News are hosting a candidates forum with the four candidates from North Elba Town Supervisor today here at the Enterprise office. And we have with us um, Jay Rand, Gary Keltenbach, Derek Doty, Fred Balzac, running for the four-year position. We have uh, determined the order of answering questions by picking names out of a bowl, and each candidate will get two minutes to answer questions, which are determined by us, the staff of the Enterprise and Lake Plus News. And um, if a candidate has been accused of something or there's something that really needs per, um, uh, a response, we'll also have a minute rebuttal as well. Uh, so we'll jump right in, <coughs> gentlemen. Um, we'll start with Gary. All right. And have we determined the order in which we're going? Or are we going, so Gary and then Derek, yeah, and we can then do Fred that. and then Jay. Okay, <laughs> we're going that way. Um, so first question is, Gary, why are you the right person for this job? Well, I believe that, uh, well, I guess I'm Gary Kaltenbeck, and I'm running for town supervisor and under the Integrity Party. I believe I'm the right person for the job because I believe that our town is in a managed decline at the moment. Our um, schools are dwindling. We've got 24 kids starting our kindergarten class. There's no community left. And my big thing is affordable housing. We really have to have affordable housing before we do anything. Airbnbs are a problem, but affordable housing, <clears throat> got to get it. Got to get people to come here. I'd like my son to come back and live in town. You know, I'd like to have to see the kids decide that they want to stay here. Right now, there's no reason for anyone to be here. It's just they can't afford it. There's no way. So that's our big <clears throat> number one thing that is on my agenda is to get affordable housing. Thank you, Gary. Uh, Derek, to you, why are, first of all, you introduce yourself briefly, so briefly, who are you, and why are you the right person to be North Elba Town Supervisor? 
Thanks, Peter. I'm Derek Doty. Uh, I'm on the Democratic ticket for supervisor for Town of North Elba. And I currently sit on the town board and have for 22 years. Why I believe I'm the best candidate is my years of service. I have been integrate in, I have been involved in many hands-on projects with the town. Uh, I suppose my strengths lie in infrastructure. So I've been involved in many projects uh, in the park district, uh, the renovation of Craigwood, uh, the installation of full irrigation at our lacrosse and rugby fields, uh, two places that both produce revenue and bring millions of dollars to the community. Uh, I'd also like to finish projects that I've been working on for years. Uh, again, involved with infrastructure and it would include uh, working with the state of New York to hopefully someday provide water at the two prisons in Raybrook. Uh, <clears throat> once you've served for 20 years, 22 years, like my competition in Jay, it gets in your blood. So when you do things that are satisfying and take care of the majority of your taxpayers and you always look out for the benefit of everyone, it's a good feeling. So community services been in my whole adult life. I have lots of previous experience on school boards, on civic center boards, peewee hockey, uh, fundraising capital campaigns for the hospital. So in short, it's in my blood. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Derek. And Sid, how many years have you been on the town board? 22 to date, and I, my term still has two years to, to finish as councilman. Okay. Um, They're four-year terms for councilmen. Right. Uh, Fred, why are you, who are you, and why are you the right person to be North Elba Town Supervisor? Uh, I'm Fred Balzac, and I'm running on the Green Party line. <clears throat> First of all, I want to say thank you to Peter and Andy and Elizabeth and the Enterprise and the Lake Placid News for making this forum possible, and thanks to Derek, Gary, and Jay for being here. I think it's really great to have this discussion. I think one of the things that's needed a lot in our town and the region in general is, is more discussion of issues and local government and county government. Um, I, uh, I feel like I have a combination of experience, skills, and ideas that would serve people well in uh, the town of North Elba and also Essex County. Um, I'm a relative newcomer to North Elba, and, um, but I've been in Essex County for now almost, I think, more than 26 years, full-time. And um, my wife and I moved up here. We bought a house in Jay. We opened a bed and breakfast in Jay that's still operating. It's for sale now because we want to be full-time in uh, Saranac Lake, um, where we live. We're right on the, in fact, I'm literally on the edge. I'm on the last block in uh, in North Elba and Essex County. So I thought that was a bit of an omen. I can see Franklin County from my house. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was very active uh, as a community organizer in Jay. Um, we had a major issue. Uh, within about six months of buying our house in Jay, we learned that New York State and Essex County had planned to build a new bridge over the swimming area in Jay Rapids. Um, upstream of the cover bridge, there was no plan at the time to restore the cover bridge. So we helped organize um, a group called Bridge and Beyond. And so um, 
I helped lead the effort that ended up in a um, major renovation of Cover Bridge and saving the uh, saving the area. So that, that that's the kind of experience I would bring to this job. Thanks, <clears throat> Jay, uh, Jay Rand, why are uh, Briefly introduce yourself and say why you I'm are Jay the right Rand, person. Um, Republican and independent candidate. Um, I've been on the board, I think, as most of you know, for a long time. And uh, during that time, I've always had 24-7 jobs. And I do realize that becoming a supervisor is much more involved and much more time-consuming uh, than a board member. You're there pretty much... Uh, I'd say it's a full week job for sure, if not more, and uh, whoever wins will find that out. <laughs> but I've had a lot of experience um, in managerial type uh, jobs uh, following um, my ski career, collegiate career. I worked um, for the Lake Placid Olympic Organizing Committee as the manager of the ski jump, sports manager at that time. I just moved back from New Hampshire and uh, had been a teacher and coach at a prep school over there. And following the games, I continued on with uh, the town of North Elba, made a proposal to them to run the ski jump complex. And uh, that, was, that was accepted. And then um, when the Olympic Regional Development Authority came on, um, I was hired as the uh, manager, general manager of the Olympic Jumping Complex, ran that for 15 years, and um, along the same lines, uh, during that time, they combined the Olympic Sports Complex, so that was also part of my duties. Um, so I had two venues there, and then I was asked to apply for the Whiteface Mountain job, general manager at Whiteface, and that was very extensive. Um, we had um, about 400 employees in uh, 15 different departments, night and day. So I, I just think uh, my experience um, gives me a good background and all my experience with the town board in particular. Um, and I have enjoyed working uh, with the board and through my career. So in a nutshell. Thank you, Jay. Okay. this. Um, Next, we're going to start with Derek, and we'll go around. Uh, so, what are your main goals, Derek, for Essex County government? Well, certainly, I'm sure most people realize that in Essex County, we don't have a legislator system. Uh, serving supervisors become the legislators for the county, unlike Franklin County. So. You become the policymaker. Uh, you become the spokesperson for your whole town at the county level. And more than that, I think because a supervisor is tied so closely to his local government, it brings better communication to the whole county as a whole on those weekly meetings. Uh, Certainly the priority of a supervisor when he goes down to Essex County is to primarily first represent his constituents where he came from, secondly promote the county as a whole. And I don't mean to uh, make short of the fact that you need to be a team player, but under weighted votes it's no secret that North Elba has the biggest population and 
a North Elba resident is the elephant in a room. So we carry very important uh, strides with our efforts <clears throat> at the county and oftentimes are looked upon for direction by a lot of the, the other county towns. So what are your priorities, Derek? Priorities would be to help Essex County uh, manage better uh, landfill waste. I believe in the future, ideas like biodigesters and <clears throat> taking care of organic waste will be a, a big direction. It's a very expensive venture, but at 30% organic waste in all landfill, it's something that has to be addressed. <clears throat> in the town of North Elba, we were lucky to be part of almost five years of research and design and we're very close to putting in a biodigester in North Elba. We fell short because of funding. Uh, we were offered a New York State, a NYSERDA grant of about 1.4 million, uh, but before final design fell about a quarter million short and we didn't feel comfortable passing that on to the tax base. There are new possible ventures for added subsidy, if you will, hopefully in the form of enhanced community funds from the added 2% occupancy tax. So to wrap things up, that would be one of my priorities and it is environmental. Okay, thank you, Derek. Um, so Fred, uh, what are your goals, priorities for Essex County government? Peter, uh, my number one uh, issue uh, that I'm running on is actually reforming county government uh, from its current system of a board of supervisors elected at the town level to <clears throat> a, um, a system where we have representatives elected countywide. And rather than go to a legislature, which I think just carves up the county into districts, as we see in Clinton and Franklin, I believe, um, I'm advocating for a freeholder system where candidates, um, we would have seven to nine uh, candidates running at the same time. They would be elected at large and it would be based on a proportional vote. So for example, if say the Green Party got 33% of the vote, say they, won th they, uh, they got 33% of the vote and nine candidates, they would get three seats. Um, I think the problem with the town uh, supervisor system is that it's part-time and there's an inherent conflict of interest. You know, you're there you're serving your town, but you also need to serve the county. I think we need people who are there full-time for the county, and I would also advocate for a county executive that would be elected by all of the people who would be full-time. Uh, right now, the whoever, uh, I think the supervisors pick somebody to serve as the head of the board of supervisors, and that's, I don't think that's a good system. So that would be my number one uh, effort, would be to do that, um, uh, that reform. Um, I would like to do something about poverty in Essex County. I attended a, a, a poverty workshop called Rethink Poverty. It was actually sponsored by the Department of Health of Essex County in August. It was very illuminating. Uh, it's something I think we, we just don't talk enough about. Um, so I would be focused on that. Uh, actually, uh, Derek mentioned the, the bed tax, the occupancy tax. As far as I know, it's still with the governor. I'm not sure if that's been signed yet, but I actually oppose, I oppose the increase, the 2% increase that's been proposed. And I would like to see the marketing plan uh, reworked to serve all the towns in Essex County. I think right now it's very Lake Placid centric. So you have a system where, as Derek mentioned, the supervisor of North Elba has 20% of the vote. If the supervisor of North Elba, Ticonderoga, and Mariah, three biggest towns, 
vote for something, they get they get their way. The other 15 towns, it doesn't matter what they what they vote. I don't think that's a good system, so I would reform that. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Fred. To Jay, what are your uh, <coughs> goals, priorities for Essex County government? Well, um, as has been stated, um, the the uh, supervisor of the town of North Alba really has a leading role at uh, at the county level, and um, I would disagree. I think the occupancy tax um, is important. You know, there's three percent for um, advertising, etc. But <clears throat> there's also always <clears throat> a lot of uh, projects that um, don't get done and really could help uh, benefit some of the communities with the other two percent. So I'm in favor of that for those reasons. It just seems like there's lingering projects that just they're in the public's eye and really need attention and they're tough to get to. Um, I've gotten to know quite a few of the supervisors um, um, in Essex County and um, one of the things that I think possibly Essex County could do would be to step in and help with the hiking problem. I don't know exactly what the solution is but it was uh, kind of a mess on weekends and I know uh, Keene Valley worked very hard to accommodate um, all of the hikers, but it's extremely important that we get thousands of people that come. When I was a <coughs> kid, we used to hike all the time, never see a person up there. Now, the trails, uh, you know, you get hundreds up Cascade just about every weekend. So we really need some uh, good control there. I think it affects all of us and um, all the counties or all the uh, townships within the counties and uh, that's one of the things I would address to try and uh, help coordinate that and another thing is I, I don't um, I haven't been to a lot of county meetings so if uh, I am elected one of the things I plan to do right off the bat is to go down to county meetings and learn more I shouldn't say this but my cousin Tom Scazafaba from Mar Mariah <laughs> I'll keep him under control, too. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Jay. All right. Gary, Essex County, goals, priorities, what are yours? Okay. As for Essex County, this is pretty much my forte. I've worked for the county government for 35 and a half years. Uh, I know them inside and out, astounded on a ground level. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I've been to tons of meetings that uh, over the radio system, <clears throat> snow and all snow and ice management and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, the big thing is I think that um, our area, Lake Placid in general and the surrounding areas that the county involves, we're becoming the eighth wonder of the world. I mean, Roost has put uh, tons of money and I believe in the bed tax also. I think advertising has got us to where we have all these problems of the trails and everything, which is kind of a double-edged sword. But I think Jay is correct. We probably should have more stuff for the county involved in it. I also believe that North Alba should control county money more than what it does. We don't seem to have very good representation there. Something's not up. Because we put all the money really into the county. We're the biggest coffer that's dumping money in. And it doesn't seem like we get the proper funding back. I mean, our roads in North Alba are terrible. You know, our infrastructure is falling apart. Stuff that the county should be taking care of and is not being done. And I just feel that, you know, a lot of stuff they do, Fred mentioned that, um, 
you know, we should spread that money out. They do. Bruce does a great job. Jim McKenna does a great job. I think he brings money all over the county, and it's and it's obviously showing. Keene's got problems with people hiking, and like Jay said, you know, when I was a kid and I hunt, and uh, I don't see a lot of people in the woods where we hunt, but if you go on trails or they're hiking and stuff, it's crazy. It's it's like a highway nowadays, which is what we're advertising for. That's what we want. They got the Niners and the and the what is it, the Triad and Tupper Lake and the 46ers. and So we've been advertising all this kind of stuff. So I believe that the one thing I can do is uh, better than the rest is I know county government very well. All right. Thank may you. I, may I follow up on, on the occupancy tax since it was mentioned? He did mention yours. Yes, yes, Fred, you have one minute. Yeah, briefly. Um, <clears throat> you know, the occupancy tax is a tax. And I know the Republican Party is very anti-tax, but uh, I should, it, it just people should know it's a tax. The perception, I think, locally is it's a tax on people who don't live here, uh, outsiders, tourists who come here. But it's, uh, it's, that's money that they're not spending on restaurants and stores. Um, I think Roost has done a great job marketing uh, Lake Placid and uh, the Adirondacks, but I think if you ask lodging, small lodging owners like myself and my wife uh, throughout Essex County, if they really feel that the marketing plan has been serving their properties and their towns, I think you get a different opinion from, from a lot of them. So I'd like to see that looked at um, before that, that tax is increased. I think it needs to be fairer and more representative of, of the towns throughout the county. Okay. Thank you, Fred. Any, um, quickly, any follow-up on that? No. Okay, moving on to the next question, and we start this one with Fred, you. Um, so we talked about the county, now we're going to talk about the, the town specifically. What do you think are the biggest problems in North Elba, and how do you plan to address them? Well, it seems the hottest issue uh, currently is, is involving short-term rentals and affordable housing. Um, I'm also concerned about the location of a propane tank uh, in a residential neighborhood uh, near the Balsams Homeowners Association. I'm opposed to that location. And um, I think in and a, the more general issue, I think, is, is really a concern about overdevelopment, uh, particularly in Lake Placid. So on the... Um, on the short-term rentals, affordable housing, uh, I, I support a moratorium on any new short-term rental properties. Um, I think that uh, I attended the, the, the public hearing in August. Uh, it was very well attended by the community, which is great to see. I wish more people would come to town board meetings. I'd like to advocate for that. But um, I thought the people who made the most sense were the ones who stood up and said, you know, they were kind of essentially opposed to the current law as, as was proposed because they felt it was codifying the short-term rentals that currently <coughs> exist. And, and these people were saying, why don't you just enforce current code, building code and, and land use code? And that seemed to make the most sense to me. I think the problem with these properties, properties are is that a lot of them are absentee owners and there's just nobody paying attention to, to what the tenants are up to and they're in residential neighborhoods. <coughs> so I think I would put a moratorium on any new ones. I, I just would ask, how did, did, did even these get um, approved in the first place, many of them? Um, and so uh, I think we need to look at that. We need to look at what the Joint Review Board does and what the, um, what the Zoning Commission does. And uh, I think we have to really rethink development in the town of North Elba. Did you, Fred, I just want to follow up. You said, <coughs> am I right that you're saying that currently uh, a lot of these short-term rentals do not meet code, or do you believe? 
Well, I mean, and the people, code isn't being enforced. People for who it. spoke up said that that you know that the code prohibits commercial properties in residential neighborhoods. Does it? I don't know. I really mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that, but I but I will find out. And uh, that makes the most sense to me that uh, we should not have. I mean, it's one thing if somebody wants to rent a room in their house and they live in the house and they want to be on Airbnb. I, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, you know, it should be regulated. They should that should be uh, public knowledge. They should be listed, but. But the idea that you have these large commercial properties that are maintained by absent, essentially ab companies that are absentee owners, I think that's that's a problem. And I guess I would ask, how did those even get approved in the first place? And um, I think we need to just put a stop to them temporarily with a moratorium and then rethink this whole process. I know the law is being rewritten, I think, by Ron Briggs, the town attorney. So, um, uh, and I'm sure our two council mem members can, can speak to that, you know, uh, with with knowledge of what's going on, so I would ask for that. Okay, Jay, I'll go to you. Um, <clears throat> biggest issues, how to address them? Well, the ones that are right in our face, obviously, um, the uh, short-term rentals and affordable housing, and also uh, lack of employees for local businesses, which I think uh, is affected by affordable housing. You know, the, if people can't uh, afford to be here, they can't be available to work for all of our businesses and I've heard over and over just even when um, I've been out at one of the local businesses having dinner or whatever that they're having a heck of a problem getting uh, employees so definitely all that needs to be addressed I think um, short-term rental law that um, was mentioned by the that's being uh, put up there for the <coughs> for review by the town and the village um, definitely needs to get done in my opinion we need to start somewhere um, you know we've got a lot of problems locally in certain areas like Hillcrest and Lake Placid uh, maybe Signal Hill uh, more in the village I think than the town but still they exist and um, you know, you've got uh, noise, cars parked on lawns, tents uh, on lawns with, um, you know, people that are staying there just overflowing the, the property. Uh, there's definitely uh, many issues, which I won't go into right now. I know I don't have the time, but um, on the other side of the coin, um, there are needs for short-term rentals. Um, at certain times of the year in Lake Placid when all the hotels are full and uh, we have big events and, and people these days also want to um, uh, travel and be housed in short-term rental type situations either for affordability or content. Now um, finally uh, I would say that uh, what we need is a balance. We need a balance of the two, and um, that really needs to be looked into quickly, and uh, I'm hoping personally that uh, a law is um, brought up quickly to begin with so that uh, we can get the process started, you know, registration process, get it identified, uh, put safety uh, regulations in there, and, um, and work continuously on it um, after it's established you know it still can be worked on okay thank moments. you thank you Jay um, Gary biggest issues facing the town what would you do to address them okay uh, <clears throat> I was uh, born in Lake Placid raised on Hillcrest Avenue which is basically ground zero for the uh, Airbnbs um, I believe that there's no 
uh, families left living there. I think there might be one person that lives there. All the rest are out-of-towners or not locals that are living there. Um, and I think that uh, Jay's right. We do need some Airbnbs. I really think it needs to be controlled a lot better. I think a lot when these Airbnbs first started, I don't think there was any regulations. I think they just, because it started back in the Olympics. I mean, they started renting houses back then. And it slowly people started doing, and then Airbnb came into business probably 10 years ago or whatever it was. And I don't believe there was any regulation. People bought houses and just rented them. And now that it's gotten so big, it needs to be regulated a lot better. Um, as for affordable housing, we've got two hotels. One that's being built right now that got a lot of state money, I believe, grants from the governor. There's one in Lake Placid now applying for another state grant. Why can't we get a straight grant to maybe uh, buy some land in Raybrook or whatever and put in housing for affordable and make it uh, deed restricted like crazy that you you can't sell it for less than, you know, you're going to get like 3% on it if you kept it for 10 years. You can only sell it to another working person that's in town. You... Um, you know, you got to make it, you know, do a mix of like townhouses that you can rent long term, uh, maybe two and three bedroom houses that are reasonably priced that, you know, that you can do cookie cutter arrangements with a housing company, get some investors in that would help with it. I think it can be done and there could be places for people to live. And that would get us back our service industry. It would get bring our schools because, like I said, with kindergarten starting at 20 something kids is not good. That's, you know, if it keeps going, we'll be closing a school by going to Saranac Lake or we'll converge to one school or something. Not good. And um, number three, it would, uh, you know, you've got to have firemen and policemen and all the service, you know, anybody that helps with the community. It's got to be there. So that's my biggest thing is this affordable housing. It's got to happen. Got to happen. Thank you, Gary. Derek, to you, biggest issues facing the town, what would you do to address them? Well, certainly, like everyone has said, short-term rentals, preservation of neighborhoods, affordable housing, and I'm even going to add health care as it pertains to attracting new doctors. One of the major shortages we have is enough primary care physicians. A number are retiring this year, uh, and without good health care in the area, people don't want to move here uh, it affects our quality of life so I'll leave it at that but as a supervisor I would work with the hospital to help attract new primary care physicians back to short-term rentals I believe before substantial movement forward can be done there's one thing that both our boards are lacking and it's good data so I support First, a registry system for short-term rentals so we know actually how many there are, how many days out of the year they operate. Uh, lots, lots of our decisions are based on non-facts. We need, we need the facts to make the right decisions. Also, as Jay was mentioning, the intensity of issues are different within the village limits than the town limits. And I'm not trying to make light of the fact that it's harder for the village to present zoning solutions and things like that. But it's, it's just the truth. But the problem comes in because we have a joint land use code. We try to solve all our problems together. So we try to write the laws 
as if they apply to the village and the town. We're finding now that our town has recently talked about preserving six or seven neighborhoods to only allow owner-occupied short-term rentals. That's a way of keeping these neighborhoods with some kind of community character. So <clears throat> Jay's idea of balance, I agree with. We need short-term rentals. I'm not in any favor of a, a three-night minimum or a limit on so many days. It's like putting a sign out that says, you're welcome here 100 days out of the year after that. Sorry. So I think it should be open-ended, but we need uh, some regulations after the data is collected. All right. Thank you. Uh, Jay, we're going to start with you on this one. Um, so... We're going, we're going to dive into some of these issues. And the first one is short-term rentals. Again, let's try to advance this a little more than what we've, and not repeat ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the basic question is what approach would you take to short-term rentals? And because people have drawn up some, some things already, um, what, um, what approach, what do you think is, Important to do, what do you think is not important to do? And I want to throw out, I'll just mention some things that have been thrown out already. A moratorium on new short-term rentals has been mentioned. Um, uh, waiting to get data before um, we make a lot of, you know, really big decisions. Um, passing the currently proposed regulations. And... Um, uh, We'll get into affordable housing because we're going to talk about that in a minute. But um, but somehow um, other some of these things on the table. Yeah, I, I'd have to uh, go back and refer to the law that we've been working on for a couple of years here jointly between the town and the village. I think a lot of the content in there is exactly you know what we need to do to get started. I think it needs to be done quickly, and I think that's what the public wants. Um, first of all, we need to get. Um, people registered to some of the data just to find out um, you know who who's um, got the uh, properties that they're leasing I mean we have also different types of properties which I think is important you've got people that don't even live here that have seven properties and are leasing them out and do nothing for the community and then you have other people that um, are homeowners and they, they live in homeowners and they have an apartment there and it helps them um, provide the income you know to pay their rent um, and the other things that I'd have to go back to that are also in the law are the health and safety requirements and uh, stipulations and um, and the number of bedrooms that determine the number of people um, the vehicle parking space. I think those are all extremely important uh, things that need to be um, identified and put into, into law. And I think that's what the general public wants. You know, I've sat through two public hearings where um, more than 50 people at each, um, each of the uh, public hearings spoke and um, they want action. So I, I think um, going back to the, to the law is um, specifically, you know, what I think we need to do. All right. Gary, again, more on short-term rentals. Um, main approach. What uh, to do, what not to do. I have uh, friends in the hotel, motel industry that, uh, you know, they feel they're being slighted. Um, 
because they have to follow all New York state laws and everything to run a business and so on and so forth. Um, you have this gold medal uh, hospitalities that owns uh, numerous houses in Lake Placid and it's basically a business. They're running a business in a residential area, which as far as I know is kind of illegal. Um, is uh, yeah. Now, gold medal. To be clear, gold medal hospitality is a kind of coalition of various individuals. That's the way I understand so it. It's not yeah. a single business. No, it's a corporate um, thing conglomerate, yeah. I guess. So, and, and the big problem ahead. is that you know these hotels have to have the Department of Health and all this other stuff coming, and the state of New York checks on this, and the fire marshals, and so on and so forth. How come these houses don't have to have all that? They're in business. They should be doing the same thing as a hotel. You know. Um, when you're parking out on the street and all this and they have to take signs down because nobody wants to pay attention to them anymore and it should be wrong if you're parking on a no parking spot tell them why are we playing games here let's get this thing done um i understand it's it's good for some aspects of the community but it's not good if you're living in that neighborhood and you got to have all these you know people parking on your lawn and hooting and hollering all night long and stuff that was what hotels were for you know, they're a commercial thing if that's what this is all about. I just believe that, you know, it got out of hand very quickly, and I think we're all trying to rein it back in now, and I think there's a lot of issues that can be done and a lot of rules that we can take out of our toolbox as long as it's, it's legal. And maybe we should even look for what other communities are doing, um, you know, like... Uh, Skinny Atlas or any other place that has the same issues, and what are they doing to do it? What maybe we should bang heads with them for a little bit and see what we come up with. And you know, I guess that'd be the the way to go about it. Okay, um, I'm gonna pass this to you, Derek, but I'm also gonna throw in another piece, and we'll come back around to you guys uh, to address. Um, several people brought up, you know, that these are commercial. In the same sense, you could argue an apartment that's rented by the month is commercial as well, and they're allowed in neighborhoods. Um, up to now, it seems to me like short-term rentals have been treated more like apartments than like hotels, which are much more regulated and much more restricted. And this, some of these laws are edging it a little more somewhere in between of hotels and apartments. So I'm going to put that in. Again, what's your approach to short-term rentals with that in mind? First, I'd have to say, Peter, that this residential use, if you will, has has come back to us in a legal opinion and so far none of the uses are breaking a law. Now whether that's because we haven't defined a single family residence uh, the way people envision it at more or less being out of law by acting commercially I can't say but so far in our boards the legal opinion has come back that no law is being broken. I'm going to leave it at that but in my own mind, as far as how I would move ahead, again, I go back to a registry first because it's no secret that rezoning some neighborhoods is a topic that we've all thought about, trying to get a handle on the density. That doesn't mean I'm in favor of a moratorium because I don't believe we have the information to correctly enact a moratorium. For instance, if three neighborhoods are too intense in zoning, it's a major undertaking to determine how to cap that. We need data before we make an important decision like that because the last thing I want to do as supervisor is put ourselves in a new law that is challenged legally. 
uh, whether it's right or wrong, and all those legal expenses get passed on to the tax base. So we need to do our homework first. Okay. Fred. Are we going to talk, are you, do you have a separate question about affordable housing as a follow-up? Because I definitely want to get back. We can talk about affordable housing, but right now we're yeah. talking about okay. short-term rentals. I just want to make sure we'll have a chance to talk Main about Main approach, what to do, what not to right. do, in light of... Right, right, right. Yeah. So, well, okay. So I have a copy of the law here as it's proposed. It's 11 pages. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of details in here, but I, I, don't think it, I don't think it really adequately addresses the issue. And, and as I understand from attending uh, recent board, town board meetings, the, 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 the town board and I guess the village are looking at, you know, revising this law based on the input from the public at these two hearings, which I think is great. But again, I would argue that, I mean, I think Derek's idea of a registry is a great idea and collecting data makes a lot of sense, but it seemed to make sense to me to, to put it in place a moratorium first say we're not going to approve anymore till we get this information. It doesn't have to be a long moratorium, but I think we just need to put a hold on on any new of these facilities being approved. But I think the, the, the fundamental principle should be that we should preserve our residential neighborhoods for privately owned homes and where they're <laughs> permittable apartments. I think an apartment is different. People who live in apartments are, long, are, are often long-term uh, residents of the town and we need we need places where people who don't can't afford a home can can rent so uh, I think these facilities short-term rentals that are not on Airbnb they should I think what we could do is we could basically say going forward that you can't operate them as absentee owners I mean I my wife and I have had a bed and breakfast in Jay for 25 years we live there I mean we're there for our guests I think that experience is much different than some outside company who's maybe you know located in Philadelphia or the West Coast or overseas even uh, has some somebody locally managing a, a property when when the owners aren't around and you have the, the, the kind of problems that Jay talked about that's what that's what you get so we need to keep them out of our residential neighborhoods mm -hmm. and look really hard about approving them going forward quick follow-up um, we're talking about you know moratorium first or, or registry first um, if you don't have a registry and you don't know where they are, how do you know when somebody starts one up? Well, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess you have to. Who, if they well, say if they start one after the moratorium, and you go and how do you know they started it before or after the moratorium? Well, I think you had to do both. But I mean, my question is really, I mean, it seems like the horse is out of the barn on this one, you know, for a long time. How do these things get approved in the first place? I don't know that, but I, I, I do think that's a question for our joint review board and our our zoning. Uh, commission to to address and uh, and the new the new the, the revised law needs to really needs to look hard at this. But you know, I mean, Jay and Derek have been on the town board for a long time. I, I, I honor their service, but you know, I think the town needs to take some responsibility for for the problem that that's occurring. I mean, where where was everybody when all these things were happening? I mean, right? Thank you, Fred. Okay. Um, quickly, we started on with you on this, but um, I just want to. Uh, anything else before? Uh, anything else on short-term rentals? I want to. The only thing I can say is, you know, the uh, the comparison between the hotels and a short-term rental. Um, a lot of that has to do with the time that you know it's being able to be rented to people, and um, obviously they're. Hotels, you know, take in several hundred people. They have all types of amenities. So there, there is, in my mind, way of thinking of a big difference between a hotel and a short-term rental. But 
um, you have to be fair to those hotel owners as well. And I think that's uh, why we really have to enforce the occupancy tax. I don't know how many people are actually skirting it, um, but I think one of the things that are in that law would be to try and make that more of a level playing field um, concerning occupancy tax and uh, rules and regulations and safety issues. Okay. I'd like to, oh, uh, Gary, <laughs> next, any, anything else? Well, as Jay just said, um, with the occupancy <coughs> tax, um, I do know that a lot of the people that um, rent short term, a lot of times they'll find that whoever is managing it for them will say to them, if you want to come back again, you want to do a cash deal, whatever, they skirt the occupancy tax. So I think Derek's correct in getting all the information you can get and find out when these places are getting rented and how often they're getting rented and to whom. And they need to really, if they're going to be in business, they need to pay all the taxes and everything they need to do. It has to be taken care of. And I think Derek's correct on how to do it. We've got to have a way to control it and document it all so they know what's going on. All right. Anything else, Derek? Just a quick note to back up what Jay said. I think it's important to note that Roost came out with a, a data sheet that really helps clarify that hotels are not losing to short-term rentals. They're just two different avenues of how people want a vacation. Uh, you know, hiking is the number one reason people come here. Uh, we've addressed hiking. Long story short, back to the registry. The registry gives us the information we need to ensure that everybody's paying bed tax, period. Brad, anything else? I'm good. All right, we are <laughs> going to go to affordable housing. Um, and we're starting with you, Gary, on this one. Um, and the question is, what do you think the town's role should be in creating more affordable housing in the town of North Alba? Well, I believe that the town of North Alba could really help out on affordable housing. Um, my number one thing is I believe that we can go to the legislature and we can, anybody that's a resident of Lake Placid, truly living here, and they're here for at least nine, ten months of the year living in a house, we can have the Airbnbs, we'll take whatever money they're making off of the, uh, like, a, like let's say you're living here in town and you own a house. Up to $200,000 off of your assessed value, we could take off of your taxes if you're a local, which would help all these younger people that are trying to buy houses because there's nothing in Lake Placid less than $200,000. So that way, a couple earning, oh, say, fifty dollars to $100,000 a year could actually afford a house in Lake Placid because they don't have to pay their taxes. That amount of taxes that we just took off of those would be now slid over onto these Airbnbs that are in business. If you're making 100,000 or 50,000 or whatever it is a year, you're gonna make five, six grand less because it's gonna to go towards everybody else having a house. I think that's one way to get affordable housing. The other way is like I've said before, let's ask the governor, say, listen, you're giving money to everybody else. You just put $80 million into Orta and building all new facilities that are gonna to have, to um, to have to be manned by people. Um, we've got uh, games coming up that's going to have to be manned by people and we can't get people to make popcorn at the store on Main Street. Everybody is um, just uh, looking for help. Every store on Main Street, help on it, help on it, help on it. Every business, the fire department, the town, everybody's looking for people. And we can't get that many from Malone. They're, they're coming on buses every day 
and there's just not enough people around. But if we could do something that we had an area with houses and people would come here, same with the medical profession, they would come because they got a place they could afford, you know. Nobody makes any money up here. Minimum wage is probably thirty to fifty thousand. You know, it's not very much money. So a two hundred thousand dollar house is like crazy. So you're proposing the the assessment break. Uh, you would propose that would come from. Um, you said short term rentals. Would that be a separate tax, or that would be through the bed tax? We'd have or? to figure out a way through legislation have it done um, it wouldn't be a bed tax it would be just a separate property tax I guess if you're in business and you're doing that and I don't even know if it's legal but I think we could do it through legislation and it would have to be looked at as an avenue to get some way to get these people to have houses here you know obviously if they're big corporations and they're buying houses like there's nobody tomorrow and fixing them up and renting them like crazy it's a very lucrative business definitely because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't so there's your money right there so if they're making hundred thousand dollars a year, they just made five grand less. Cost of doing business. That's how it is in America, you know, as well as I do. <laughs> All right, Derek, town's role in affordable housing. Certainly, the town has already started to be a, a primary role in uh, affordable housing through our community development that has just hired a consultant to do data. We're right back to the registry thing again, mm-hmm. uh, but really. We can't pick a direction on affordable housing until we have the facts. What is the demand? They're going to do a current housing study. Find out how much is out there. What young couples or any workforce uh, person can actually afford in rent. Uh, Added to that, I think the town has the ability to offer some, at least one, maybe more sites within the town for new building to occur. Uh, one of them is uh, possibly the old Lake Placid Hospital lot that we just took possession of and now that uh, Adirondack Health has moved across the street to the, the Uline property. And so there are many possibilities for that property and affordable housing is one of them. How and, so exactly? Well, that's a seven acre lot that comes back to the town and uh, the hospital was built in the 50s, so the possibility of using that building is nil. So, and most likely that building will be torn down, and the whole the site as a whole will be looked at. How can we serve the town the best? Uh, I don't I don't want to defray. There's some interest from Orda, but uh, other talks have centered around. It's a good site to put in maybe some homes, maybe apartment buildings, whatever. My main point in any kind of housing that comes to help the community, I'm convinced nothing will work without subsidy money. And I go back to this 2% property tax cap that can return to North Elva through enhanced community support. And early proposals suggest that at our current rate of rentals between hotels and short-term rentals, that what could be returned to North Elba yearly is a million and a half dollars. That gives us many opportunities to help in this housing market. Thank you, Derek. Fred, to you, the town's role in affordable housing. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to say I think Gary's right on with his focus on affordable housing, particularly his previous uh, response. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, uh, the one before, the one that he talked about his proposal, which I think is an interesting proposal. I would look at that. But I think one, a very sort of uh, simple way that's done in a lot of communities in our country 
is what you do is you tie any new high-end development to a requirement to those developers that they include affordable housing in, 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 in those proposals. And that's one way you can get affordable housing. For, for their workforce? Or? I'm saying basically if you want if, if somebody wants it comes to North Elbow wants to build high-end expensive homes you require them to uh, sort of a set aside to also uh, agree to build affordable homes and or apartment buildings I think you could build that into the code um, so that's one idea another thing I, I would look at and uh, it might be controversial but I um, I believe uh, Rent stabilization and or rent control was approved by the New York State Legislature recently. It was sort of reapproved for New York City, and I think they made it uh, so that it could be done anywhere in New York State, and I would look at that. I think that would help a lot of people who are currently renting be able to stay in their homes. Um, there was an issue that came before the town board in August about uh, excess water on Balsam Street, and I know some of the community members were there and were concerned about uh, town board said they would try to mitigate it, but there was a, they were looking into, if they couldn't mitigate the problem, they might have to go to a special tax district for, the, for about 30 homeowners, and people there, some of them were renters, were concerned about their rents going up or, or their taxes, their property taxes going up to the point where it wouldn't be affordable. <coughs> so I would definitely look at uh, some kind of rent stabilization program for North Alba. All right. Thank you, Fred. Jay. Um, um, you know the issue, affordable housing. Yeah, I would <coughs> refer back to the uh, um, local community housing committee, which is um, through the town, um, a town committee. And um, I think that what they're trying to accomplish is the right way to go, and that's to uh, come up with a, a company that uh, will do a study, a needs assessment study, so that uh, we can get a handle on exactly um, what is needed and um, I think in the future what we have to do we've got our situation now but two years down the line what is within that gap what are we going to need is a problem now is it going to grow and how do we solve it and I think Camoyne uh, I believe is the the company from Saratoga Springs that's been chosen and um, just having read the uh, uh, proposal, I think it really is an in-depth study, and I think it's uh, going to come up with a lot of really good answers. A couple of years ago, in 2011, the town board did make an effort through um, developers to pr promote affordable housing. Um, there was one uh, developer that um, set aside two lots um, at much cheaper price uh, for people to buy. And then there was another that put, um, in lieu of that, put $20,000 into a pot, which is still there. So that, that was one effort. Um, it really didn't go that far, to be honest. So I think uh, there's a few other ways that possibly we could um, find some uh, solutions to, ask, uh, to uh, affordable housing. Possibly some of the registration fees through STRs could be put into a fund uh, for that purpose. Um, also, I know there's, uh, uh, I think it was the APA Economic Development Committee that was looking into tracts of land that could possibly be bought, um, at least identify them. And, uh, and then there's uh, the tax uh, properties from Essex County, maybe, that uh, could be bought up okay. for Thank that you. purpose.
Thank you, Jay. All right, um, it is almost 11, so we're gonna have maybe half an hour left. I've got a couple more questions, so I'm gonna shorten the response time by a little bit. For this next question, um, we're gonna try to do this and see if you can keep it to a minute. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see, uh, you know, if, we'll see how we do with that. <laughs> do a lightning round. Uh, well, we, I, we might do a bit of that later. Um, Derek, um, to you, this is, um, this is about budgeting and it's not, um, so we won't get into the, we'll turn out to get into the weeds because we've got short answers, but, um, big picture. What is your overall approach to drafting town budgets? Because the supervisor's the first person in charge of the town budget. Um, and uh, town and county, though, given state mandates and rising expenses. Okay. Uh, first, I think I'll start by saying I'm hoping soon that 2% property tax can have an amendment through the state that could exempt some major capital expenses. Of all the things that hold us back, uh, having to include things that your town need capital expense-wise, whether it's water improvement, road improvements, those are considered still under 2% property tax. So we have limitations on us right from the word go if there's something that needs to majorly be done. Whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. Uh, you should know our process for budget currently now. Department heads work with our financial officer prior to our boards going in to look at things. So we have a good idea beforehand what any major purchases need to be. That's kind of how we start the process out. And then from there you look at the, the previous year's spending and you adapt and do your best guess. That's what a budget is. Thank you, Derek. Um, and again, we're this is big stuff, but we're trying to keep it tight Fred okay well, overall approach yeah first of all I don't I, I don't claim to have any uh, you know special expertise on, on, on budgeting but I'll be coming at it as a, as, a, as a newbie and a new person with a you know hopefully some fresh ideas both at the county level and the town level I can tell you and my wife can attest to this I'm, I'm pretty tight with a buck and I would spend money very carefully because uh, I do so my I do so that myself personally um, I think we have to be very careful, you know, uh, with taxes to uh, make sure that we're not burdening our taxpayers any more than, than they currently are. And you always look for waste, fraud, and abuse and, um, you know, anything like that. Uh, I would scour budgets as carefully as possible and make sure we're getting, the, you know, we're getting the biggest bang for our buck. Okay. Thank you, Fred. Jay, budget approach. Well, I would go back to the way we've traditionally done it for years and years, and I think it's a good approach where um, we interview all of our supervisors and they come up with a list of things that they need. These are department supervisors. These department supervisors, right? And uh, another thing I think that's really a good thing to do is try and develop five-year plans for what you're going to need. And um, sometimes that's a, a chore, but it's definitely worth the time and um, to go back for the history. And, and also, we have a tremendous uh, financial officer, I think, that's uh, been in there a long time. So obviously, you have to depend on her. But it's a group effort, a total town group effort between the board members and the supervisors, and at times, even some of the staff members come in. 
So I think we've got a good process, and um, each year we uh, do, as Derek said, look look at the past and try and look at the future. Okay. Thank you. Um, Gary, what's your approach to budgeting? Again, uh, I work for the county, and uh, we had to do budgets there also. And uh, the big thing that I always saw that was wrong with budgets, um, we definitely need reform in them. Um, the big problem is, let's say they give you $2 million to do your year's budget. Um, somewhere along the way, let's say your winter isn't bad and you didn't have to spend any money and whatever, and you end up with a windfall of, uh, say, 300000 left. Well, the big problem is you can't put that into a slush fund for next year that maybe you've got something coming up, whatever. When it goes back to budget time, that money goes back into the general fund. And, of course, then they say, well, you didn't use that $2 million, so we're going to cut you down to a million five, and uh, that money went back into the general fund. It happens all the time. And that's why when you see salt trucks with the state of New York going by all the time and they dump some more salt, they dump some more salt, they dump some more salt, this is why. Because they have to use up their money or they don't get another budget for the following year. So that all needs to change. We have to be business-like when it comes to government. That stuff should be, all right, you guys did good. You saved money this year. You can save that in case we have some problem or issue next year. And then it gets earmarked for that. And you also get your budget again, Thank the you. same amount or more. Thank you, Gary. And just um, can you remind me, you work for Essex County. What department? Department of Public Works. Public Works. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, so we are going to... Uh, one last question here, and we'll try to... Um, and we'll try to keep to a minute. We did great that time, so I might, you know, I'll see how we do. But um, it's going to go to you first, Fred. Mm -hmm. And this question is about the town's relationship with the State Olympic Regional Development Authority. The town owns several of some of the Olympic venue properties. Um, the Olympic Center, part of the speed skating oval, the ski jump area. Uh, the town appoints, uh, I believe it's two members of the order board. Uh, three? Three, my, my mistake. <laughs> and uh, close working relationship going back. Now Orta, as was mentioned, has tens of millions of dollars to upgrade the Olympic venues. For some of these venues, it's the first time they've been upgraded since the 80 Olympics. Um, this is a massive project um, for not... Normally, this is the kind of thing that doesn't happen unless you're going to host another Olympics, and yet it's happening and the state's paying for it. So... This is a way in which the town has a certain responsibility over a much bigger thing. Um, so, Fred, starting with you, town and Orta. Relationship, what would you do about it? Before we start, is this a one-minute response? We're going to go <laughs> minute and a half. Short. <laughs> We're going to go a minute and a half, and we'll see how we do. Can we, I? Because you did so well on that last one, I'm going to take that little slush bun and carry yeah, it over. over here. Uh, but... Um, so we're going to go a minute and a half, and I just want everybody, I'm giving everybody time to think of what they're going to say first so that you're efficient with your yeah. time. So, Fred, go. Yeah, I wish I could actually pass and go, go, <laughs> go last, because I'd like to hear what Jay, Gary, and Derek have to say on this issue first. Um, That's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're on. All right, so, um, well, you know, uh, Orta is a... Uh, sort of quasi-state agency. Um, I know it's got some fiscal problems currently, and it's, it's had problems in the past, so that's concerning. Um, 
I have to say that I am concerned about development in general in Lake Placid. I, I do think we, we're, at, we're at the point where we're, we're really running to be overdeveloped. Um, obviously, the Olympic heritage is really important to the community, and uh, the, the fact that the state wants to spend uh, lots of money uh, to upgrade our facilities I think is great, but I, I think it has to be monitored very carefully and uh, with as much community input as possible. Um, you know, we have these regular uh, huge events now that draw a lot of people to town. Uh, you know, it's great to pack the hotel rooms, and um, <clears throat> but there's a real, obviously a real shortage of parking, for example. Um, I know people who are year-round residents have concerns about, about these kind of things, so um, I think it's something I'm the, I need to know more about, and we'll, we'll want to know more about, certainly if I'm elected, but even as a, as a resident of North Elba, and be involved with, and, and um, I think we need to be careful, and we need to have as much community input as we can uh, in the process. Thank you, Fred. Jay, you worked for Orta for many years. You said so an hour and a half. Hour and a half. <laughs> hour and a half. No, 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 no. Uh, go for it. Orta was originally um, put into being uh, to run, operate, maintain all of the Olympic facilities. Facilities used for the Olympics, obviously, along the way. Gore Mountain was uh, also put into that. And um, um, Bel Air now. So it's a big operation, three alpine areas, etc. But uh, I've had a lifetime of it. Um, I've been involved with... Uh, the sports and ski jumping and alpine skiing and cross country, the whole works, even the bobsled at one point for a lifetime, over 30 years. And uh, what I want to get out here is that the facilities um, right now, if they weren't attended to and upgraded, we'd be a second world um, state here. Uh, I think it's the best thing that's happened in years, that event uh, that we're uh, going to host in 2023. The FISU Games, World University Games, it's a step below the Olympics. It's extremely important because events drive the improvements to the site. We've got these big jumps out there now that um, this summer they put a beautiful new track, state-of-the-art, uh, which will make it uh, better for our kids growing up. I'm coaching too, so I took a group out to Utah this year uh, because we didn't have our facilities uh, to use simply because they were being put into better shape and I'm 100% behind uh, the commitment that the state and the ORDA is making. I was also, Derek and I are two of the liaisons to, to the ORDA board right now. So we usually attend their meetings. Mike okay. Pratt, the executive director, also um, attends every, just about every meeting that we have or on a pretty regular basis. Okay. Good. And uh, so we have good communication. We'll come, we may come back around on this one. Gary. Orta and the town. I believe that Orta is one of the engines that drive Lake Placid. Without them, I think we'd be in a hurting place. I really do. I think Orta does a great job at trying to keep the facilities up to date. And, and like you said, we haven't done anything in a while, but they've been trying to keep them up to date, and they've done a lot of great things that I've seen recently. Um, and I think the town really has to work closely with them because we need to... That's all got to work together. It's not good. our whole community aspect and whole nine yards because a lot of the people who are employees, again, got to live in this affordable housing and they got to be here and we need them and Orta knows they need them. And again, they just got to have Orta and I think we need to 
make sure the town works with them very well together. Okay. Derek, <laughs> he gave you a little time. That's <laughs> all right. <laughs> it goes back into the general book. <laughs> yeah. So, certainly, Orta's involvement with the town and vice versa is of paramount importance. From an administrative point of view, because we get to appoint three board members, I would look to even increase our involvement with Orta on a level that would allow whoever is supervisor or town to understand better the growing deficits that seem to be coming every year. Uh, I, can't pre I, I can't say good or bad, I'd just like to understand them better. Years ago when I started, I remember deficits were eight, nine million dollars. I believe last year was around 22 million dollars. There's a myriad of reasons why that is, but I'd like to be more involved with the business aspect and a better transparency. Okay. So I'm going to go back around on Orta. I, I have to say one more quick thing. We, we have a lease okay, go ahead. with Orta. And like any lease or memorandum of understanding, you need periodically to update and review it. That's another thing I would like to initiate to update our current lease. It hasn't been done in years. It doesn't mean there's problems, but situations change in relationships between both parties, and I think it would be beneficial to look at it. Okay. I'm going to thank you, Derek. I'm going to go back around on order a minute if needed, <clears throat> up to a minute. And I want to just, a couple of things that have been brought up. Deficits, both of you brought that up. Um, the importance of the games has been brought up. Um, and another thing I want to throw in the mix, um, the leaders of Orta are not elected by the local people. Right. The town of North Elba board is, and the town of North Elba supervisor is, so you, your, whatever hand you have in the works of Orta is that, uh, is the people's representation there. Orta being answerable to the local townspeople is kind of your, the supervisors and the town board's job in large part through its representatives and through its ownership of the properties and leases and whatnot. So I want to just throw that out there as, some, as a possible discussion topic, starting with Fred. Yeah, actually, Peter, I was going to make that point because having, having the chance to think about this issue while the other three candidates were talking about it. So, um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Port Authority of New York, which operates the, the bridges and tunnels going into New York City, and it's not elected. You're right. And it's not even a state agency. I mean, it's not like the Department of Conservation or the Department of Transportation that's answerable directly to the governor. So, so I, I, I'm a green, and um, you know, I come at a lot of these issues uh, with concerns about the environment and also the impact on, on working people and, and poor people. And I'd say I, I would be a skeptic on, on this whole plan, and I would take a really hard look at it, and um, I would want to be a real advocate for the interests of of the year-round residents of North Elba and uh, working people. I, I mean, this may, with, if all this money is going to be poured into, into a Lake Placid for these facilities, maybe there's an opportunity to get some money for affordable housing out of this. I mean, there's a thought. So uh, again, I think it's great. The, great the, game, the world games that are coming are great. Our Olympic heritage is great. But we need to not lose sight of the common interest and what's going to work for, for the ordinary people in, in North Elba. Thanks, Fred. Jay. 
Yeah, we have to remember that Orta is the largest employer of people in the Adirondacks around this whole area. And the expense is just having managed the facilities. How many employees? I'm going to check, just number check. Well, um, I had over 400 just at uh, Whiteface. And, okay. And, okay. Uh, if you're counting, I guess, nice, seasonal nice, and part-time. Seasonal and part-time, yeah. yes, yeah. but a lot of them depend on that. And um, I think overall, I, I think it's over 800 or 900. You know, now it's probably increased since they put another ski area uh, recently into the mix. But the expenses at the venues are astronomical. Uh, I'll just I'll try to be really quick, but the first example I had at Whiteface, I, was, I opened the budget. I, I was transferred in the middle of the winter there, and it was January. I looked at the electric bill, and I said, no. Can't be, can't be reading this right. <laughs> for one month, it was $460,000 just from running all the pumps and the compressors. And I just use that as one example as to the astronomical expenses uh, that are involved with, with these facilities. And I think what we have to remember is the spin-off. Yeah, they do. Some of the facilities make money. Some of them lose money. It's just like uh, uh, in athletics, the football team makes the money to keep the rest of the sports going and the alpine areas uh, generally do that as well and uh, they do run at a loss no question but the spin-off effect uh, the people they bring here the hotels motels i think Orta has been very successful in that respect okay gary i'll have to agree with jay on that the uh, the spin-off from them being here is just uh, huge without them it would not be a, a good thing at all but as town supervisor i would want to work as closely as possible with orta that uh, we know where the money's going what's going on what their plans are and i'm sure maybe they are doing that now i don't you know I, i'm not into that part of the government at the moment but um i believe that town supervisor like you say has a big influence on what happens because we are voted officials and those guys are appointed by the governor. So um, I'm sure that whatever the town says or, or recommends to them is big on what they do. So I believe that as town supervisor, I think that uh, I would follow them very closely and make sure things are going the way we want it to go. Okay. Derek? With the varied responses, I'm mixed up on the question. Can you <laughs> give that back to me? <laughs> The town and the town's approach to Orta in, uh, and I guess in the follow-up question, keeping Orta accountable Okay, uh, uh, to the people of the town. And it goes back to my response of wanting a, a better seat at the table, if you will, by the supervisor or by the designees like Jay and I have been liaisons for, I, I don't know how many years, Jay, but uh, a better seat at the table. That's the quickest way to say it. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you, gentlemen. And we're going to move to closing remarks. And um, Fred, you had the last one, so we're going to start with Jay. And uh, two minutes. So wrap uh, it up. First of all, thank you. I thought your questions were great. And um, it's a pleasure working with you guys this morning. Um, I think that um, one, one comment I'd like to make with Orda is that the way it's set up, uh, Orta, um, the governor appoints the chairman of the board of Orta, and it really gives us a better connection um, with the state. Um, I also think that um, 
the local people that we appoint are the ones with the most knowledge of the facilities. There's other designated people that come from different departments, uh, DEC or whatever. They just come for that meeting and then go back to their jobs. So locally, uh, our involvement with ORDA is extremely important. Um, I again would um, just stress um, there's a large number of issues that we really didn't touch that are probably secondary to the ones we did, but um, completion of the sidewalk around Mirror Lake is one I've been working on and feel very strongly that we're going to get that done uh, this, this spring. Um, road salt, environmental issue, uh, we've kind of talked about that, but I know in the Main Street uh, proposal there's uh, different <coughs> traps and sediment uh, basins that uh, collect salt and there's a great effort to preserve Mirror Lake which really is important obviously it's extremely important and the uh, Sable River Association has been involved and uh, so I think you know we got to really continue uh, working hard on that um, Main Street parking and traffic flow issues maybe more of a village issue but it's still a big one for the town with obviously the villages within the town uh, Lake Placid Hospital ownership uh, and use, um, one that uh, Raybrook, uh, the water tank replacement, the airport, uh, we always have big improvements to that. Adirondack Lodge Road, I think, uh, is an issue that we need to settle, um, possibly have the state take that over. Um, so in other words, there's, it's not just the one issue, we've got a lot of issues. And mm -hmm. I think it's an exciting time, uh, it's a transition time uh, with Roby leaving after 12 years, we've got a lot of issues and problems, so um, the job of supervisor is definitely uh, not going to be a walk in the park, but for all the reasons I said when we started, that's why I want to become supervisor. I love the community, I've been, I had a lifetime here. And I've had a lot of experience, <laughs> and I've been. Got to cut job. Got to cut job. All right, Gary. Um, closing remarks, and you know, any other things you think are important to mention? Okay. Again, uh, as a newbie to the political game, um, like these guys here have, uh, you know, they know a lot of the stuff that I don't know about already. But uh, the way I look at it, I'm eager to learn. I'm new blood. I got a lot of fresh ideas in my mind that I know that we can make work. I got a little, especially with affordable housing, I think I got a ton of ideas with that. Uh, I'm more the on the ground kind of guy. I would go to all the different departments and see what they need and what's going on and, and you know, be a hands-on kind of town supervisor. Um, I would look out for the, the, the voter or the taxpayer and make sure that uh, stuff is happening that they want to happen. As for infrastructure, there's a lot of it that needs to be done, like Jay was saying, but we got bridges that are gone and culvert pipes that need to be replaced and all kinds of stuff that nobody's addressing. We got roads that haven't been cleared in years. Um, just stuff that's definitely got to be done. Um, as for our, uh, I would love to see my kids come back and live here and want to be here in the community and start another community back up again. I'd like to see our schools flourish. I'd like to see our hockey team come back. All the stuff that's not happening right now. Um, we've had this managed decline of our community and it just seems to be going on a spiral. If we don't start now and get it back, we're going to lose it. And 
I believe I'm the man for the job. Bring it back and get our community back. Thank you, Gary. Derek, closing remarks, anything else you think needs to be mentioned? Well, certainly it's evident that there will always be issues to tackle. Uh, I'm going to revert to my many years of experience and primarily my work ethic. I'm not a procrastinator. When something's put in front of me, I react. It doesn't mean I act too fast or too slow. It means I tackle the issue. I'm committed to the area. I think my years of involvement have shown that. And this year, regardless whether I get elected or not, I believe the, the residents of North Elba have 10 different candidates to choose. That's never happened. I, I think in all of Jay's years, we've never seen so many people raise their hand and say, I want to do what I can. So that is a, a great testament that more people are worried about the area and I look forward to being the one they choose to uh, help us prevail. Thank you, Derek. And Fred, closing remarks. Thank you, Peter, and thanks to Derek, Gary, and, and Jay, and everybody else in the room you can't see. Um, uh, my slogan, my campaign slogan is, uh, your struggle is our fight. And um, I'm running, and if I'm elected, would like to serve as a as an advocate for everyone in the town of North Elba and and also the people of Essex County when serving at the county level who are who are struggling. I think a lot of people are economically. Uh, there are people struggling with uh, addiction to opioids. Um, there's people struggling with uh, depression and, and other psych psych psychological, psychiatric needs. And I, I think we need a local government that um, keeps that in mind and pays attention to the needs of, of ordinary working people and people who are uh, not working or struggling economically and, and, uh, and elsewise. And that's one of the reasons why I want to uh, reform county government to, um, to bring it to a full-time county system and not just um, have local town supervisors. I think town supervisors have enough to do at the local level. I think we need to split up the job and um, have uh, somebody elected locally to serve the town of North Elba and have someone else uh, elected to serve the county, including a county executive. Uh, issues we didn't talk about, I mean, we didn't talk, really talk about local food. I think that's a concern. I'd like to see more of that grown. Uh, I'd like to see more open space preserved. I am a green. Uh, the greens have the four pillars of peace, ecology, social justice, and democracy. I would try to bring those values to service to the town of North Elba if elected. Um, but uh, I, I want to urge everybody to come out and vote. Uh, here's a sample ballot. You can get this from the Board of Elections. I'm right there. <laughs> just below Derek and, and Jay and, and just above Gary. <laughs> so uh, early voting starts on Saturday, I believe, and uh, Lewis at the Public Works uh, Department uh, where the, the county jail is. And then, of course, Election Day is November 5th. So please come out and vote for one of, one of us. <laughs> and uh, and get involved with our our town. We need we need more people involved in our community too. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. And uh, closing remarks from us. Yes, election day is November fifth. Early voting begins this Saturday uh, in Lewis at the county public uh, service uh, offices there. And there's a schedule published in the Enterprise and also by the county on when early voting is. Thank you very much. Thank you to these gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, there are six more candidates running for two seats on the town board. 
uh, as well as lots of other candidates running for many other positions in towns uh, and villages and counties all over the region. So please pay attention. Uh, please read the Enterprise and Lake Placid News to hear about all those reasons. Go downhill. For more on this story and the latest news in sports from New York's Olympic region, check out the Lake Placid News. We're on stands now. Or, if you insist, check us out online at www.lakeplacidnews.com. Special thanks to Dan Bergren for providing our music. Learn more about Dan and his fascinating story, a life in radio, education, and folk music at bergrenfolk.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andy Flynn, editor at the Lake Placid News. We are Lake Placid. Thank you.